0: today. And Lord, we bless you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the people who are here today to receive. And Father, we just bless you in every way. We thank and praise you, Lord. We lift you up today. Lord, we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way. And we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Well, have you lost your edge? I believe we need to To examine what that means. Amen. And I can answer that for you, but I won't. (laughs) Just by answering just from me. Amen. Um, But you know what? God is going to give us back our edge. In fact, he's given it back. Amos 9.13. Amen. It's connected to getting your edge back. You know that time when you just want to see everybody get saved. You didn't count the cost. You just jumped right in there. Even if you were in the market, that was my place. And, uh, I, at first I used to be embarrassed, but then, you know, God would spot them out for me and I would chase that person all over the market. I didn't care. And I'd corner them and say, Jesus told me to tell you something. And, uh, you know. And so it got good to me when I started to understand what God had me doing. But I've lost that edge through the years. Amen. You know that, well, I think what the Bible calls it is the joy of your salvation, where you just want to tell everybody. Amen. And you you can get, lose your edge by being too religious. You can lose your edge by being too busy. And that's what I, I believe was part of my problem. You know, you can lose your edge by you can just stop believing God. Get angry at God because it's something that you think you should have that you don't. You know, or too many too many uh, problems coming at you at the wrong time, and you need to be revived. But the end time church is going to get their edge back. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> we need to be sharpened by the word again because God sharpens us. Amen. I'm just sitting there minding my own business. Thought I was going to preach something else. And the God said, Have you lost your head? I said, Not moi. <laughs> and so I asked him to explain what he's, what do you mean by that, you know? And so he was telling me that the end time church is going to receive. In fact, he's doing that process now, giving them back their edge. Where fear is gone, they're not going to count the cost. They're not going to care if people don't like them. But they're going to stand, take a stand for righteousness sake. Amen. No matter if you get, you're going to get persecuted for it. Amen. So get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. But we need to, now this is what the Lord was showing me. He says to learn to appropriate the word in your life. And you won't get those, you won't get beat up so bad. Appropriate the word in your own life. In other words, apply the word to your life. Amen. I was looking at... uh I was just channel surfing yesterday night, and I came across Kenneth Copeland. He was with Richard Roberts. And and this is what he was saying. This is when I was taking notes and just listening to God. And he was saying, uh, all of a sudden, let's see, what the, he was saying, something about um, the devil tries to steal it from me. But Kenneth Copeland was saying something about... Um, Just going all the way for God or something, he was saying when, I can't remember what I was going to say. But he said something, it was about appropriate applying the word. Oh, he said, you got to say it. And those few little words, just that, you got to say it. And when he said that, or either Richard, one of them said, you just got to say it. And when they said that I understood what appropriating the word was, Applying that word. You got to say it. You got to write it down. You got to think it. You got to do whatever. But you must say it. But the, Because the blessings that came from God was spoken out of his mouth. Amen. And it, and it was like this. This is what I believe when I heard one of them say that. I believe God was telling me if you believe it, you'll say it. Amen. Because that's part of appropriating the word in your life. Getting that word stirred up on the inside of you. Because if you start saying it, you'll start believing it yourself. Instead of saying the wrong thing. And I, I was always like a tiger about saying things. And then through the years, I just start thinking, well, God know what I mean. But he don't know what you mean until you say it. You understand what I'm saying? And so you have to appropriate the word in your life. You know, it says they, what is that in Revelations? They yeah, they overcame by the word of their, the and the testimony of their mouth and the word, the word of their testimony, the word of God. And you have to say it. And that's what that means. You must say it. And so when you say the word, when you say what you believe, that's appropriating the word in your life. Because nobody is a mind reader. And I'm going to tell you something else. When you say it, it makes the devil mad. Amen. Amen. He does not like it. So the end-time church are going to be doers, and that's part of being a doer instead of just a believer. It's like this. I have faith, and I, I believe, but it's not really faith. You can have good faith, and it lay dormant because it doesn't have that corresponding action which is saying it. Amen? So you're going to say what you believe, and you're going to act it out. You're going to live like you believe it. And so closet faith does you uh, not a whole lot of good. But you're going you're to act it, live it, where and yeah, you're going to get persecuted. And that's what we're running from, persecution. We run from persecution. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to preach this word. Amen. So anyway, we, we have to appropriate the word in our lives by living it, by acting like we believe it. You know, you you will do something if you are in faith, amen. So our lives will become prosperous and secure if we learn to appropriate the word of God in our life. You can't just assume because you believe in God and you're where you're supposed to be that God is going to do a specific thing. You got to believe it. You got to say it. You got to live it out. You got to walk it out, amen. But in some way, you have to appropriate the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 24, if we'll flip there. Matthew 24:35. 24, 24:35. 35. 24, 35. It says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words Will by no means pass away. In other ways my words. Your words will remain. God's word. Will remain. See the word has already been tried. In truth. It's been proven already. You're not proving the word. Because Jesus did that already. Because he is the word. You're proving that you believe it. By appropriating it in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. So. Nothing will ever change in your life if the word of God isn't tested and tried. And this is why we have tribulation. This is why we have problems. We have them so that you can know what your faith can do and you can show God that you believe this word that is being tried and tested in your life. And that's why most people fall away. They don't want any parts of God because they don't believe anything. Amen. And they don't believe anything because they don't allow God to test and try them in anything. They run from trials, run from trouble, run from tests. Run. They don't. They just want to live the good life. But see, good life is mediocre. You don't say mediocre because uh, at some point something's going to challenge you in your life, and you got to make a, a make a decision. If you're a real Christian, if you're just a religious faker, Amen. which most people are. Amen. God don't know what you believe until you let him know it. You have to appropriate it in your life. Amen. Appropriate the word. Let's go to Psalm 119. Anybody can say anything. But are you a doer of the word? What do you do? What do you believe? Have you lost your edge? Hallelujah. Psalm 119.11. It says, Your word I have hidden in my heart. That I might not sin against you, so you hold the word you hide it in your heart, amen. amen. See the word of God is tried and true. the word of God changes you it it it, it um changes you from a, um another man to change you from old nature to new nature. Yeah. the word does everything when you meditate on the word, it changes you. amen. Yeah. So, we are to meditate on the precepts of God. And the, that word precepts means a command, or it, it's a charge, it's like a challenge, amen, by God for you to believe it. And if you believe it, you'll appropriate it in your life. It'll show somewhere. It's also that word precept, it's a statute, and it's a mandate. Amen. It's something appointed or authorized by God. So, we are to keep the word of God. On our minds, in our hearts, and carry the word out. Carry it out. Don't, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer only. Carry it out. Amen. Amen. And this is how you appropriate the word of God in your life, by carrying it out. In other words, the word of God will show some kind of way in your life. Amen. So we're to keep the word of God on our hearts. If You hide it, hide it in your heart. And it does an inner working on the inside of you. And then it changes you. And then before you know it, you don't talk the same. You don't act the same. You don't even look the same. Amen. And so that word is being appropriated in your life. Some kind of way. Hallelujah. So, let's see. Did I read 20? I started in 11, right? Okay. 12. It says, Blessed are you, O Lord. Okay, the word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes with my lips I have declared. So you guys say it. You can't just assume what God understands. He knows. You know who does that? People who think they have a special relationship with God. And they're different from everybody else. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. In other words, God has said, look, make me know it. Because I don't believe nothing until you do it, until you say it, until you start acting it. I don't know nothing because I get a lot of lip service from down here on earth. <laughs> I have rejoiced, verse 14. Amen. Well, let's do 13 again. It says, with my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Fifteen, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your word. You cannot forget the word of God. Amen. Amen. I will not forget your word. I will uh, deal bountifully with your servant. That I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. And my soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. See, when you meditate on the word and you let the word change your heart, you will be running and seeking after God. And that will be the most important thing you do. Not all this other stuff people are interested in. Because it's just a big waste of time if you don't know the Lord. Verse 21 says, you rebuke the proud and curse. You rebuke the proud, the cursed. So prideful people are cursed and don't know it. And it says, who stray from your commandments? Amen. Are y'all here today? 22. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Hallelujah. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. And I believe that's what God is doing in this Amos 9.13 season. He's reviving us. Amen. And that's why he says, have you lost your edge? If you lost your, your, lost your edge, he is going to sharpen us. He's, we are going through. If you're wondering why you don't feel Amos 9.13, if you don't feel it, you don't see it, you're being sharpened. You know how it is to sharpen a knife? scraped. But with that lady that said she felt like she was getting I feel like I'm in the blender. Yeah. Amen. And so you are being sharpened. Sharpened. You are being te- t- tested and tried. Amen. But you know what comes forth is pure gold. Amen. What comes forth is pure gold. All of that other stuff you don't need it. And once it's gone when you go if you don't get off the wheel. The potter's wheel. And stay there, and allow God this time to do what He needs to do to get you where you need to be. You rejoice, Amen. And you'll see the love of God, Amen. God st- stuck with me in all of my unrighteousness, and He stuck with me and loved me enough to cleanse me. He didn't give up on me, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise God. Twenty-five said, "My soul clings to the dust. Revive me, according." And I did that. Um, and it says in 26 I have declared my ways And you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the ways of your precepts. I'm going to read that again. Verse 27. Make me understand the ways of your precepts. And see, this is a person that's repented saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand what you're saying. See, that's called humility. Arrogant people want to act like they know everything, don't know nothing. (laughs) Amen proud that's he we read about you back up in the other scripture talking about the proud amen god resists the proud but he gives grace to people who admit that they ain't there yet amen hallelujah verse 28 Wait a minute 27 did I say I did that make me understand the ways of your precepts so shall I meditate on your wondrous works my soul melts from heaviness strengthen me according to your word and remove me remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously I have chosen the way of truth your judgments I have laid before me and I cling to your testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Hallelujah. Teach me, O Lord, the ways of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your way. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it, and incline my heart to your testimonies. And and not to covetedness. I turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. And revive me in your way. Establish your word in my servant. Who is devoted to fearing you. And turn away my reproach which I dread. For your judgments are good. Behold I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. See this is a, a person that is admitting. Look I am just messed up. Amen. But Lord, I know that if I follow you and pay attention to your precepts. In other words, if I appropriate the word in my life, I know that you'll come through. I'll come through as pure gold and you'll come through for me and bless me. Amen. So this writer has lost his edge. Can you tell? He's lost his edge. But he has lost something that only appropriating the word of God can cure and he knows that this person is smart he's wise because he know he doesn't have it all amen you know he's probably dry on the inside and he's probably like a deer panting for water panting for the water of the word amen he's he's following his heart is longing and following after the Lord. Amen. When you start doing that because you know that where you are is not the right place, God comes in and he helps you because you have a heart to allow God to come in and help you. So that you can do better. So that you can get better. Yes, because you need more. You, You know, it's nothing wrong with going to God because you're in lack. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like, what is it worth to you? Is it worth your pride? Is it worth your arrogance? Is, is it worth all that you think that you are? You have to cash that in for what God, that purity of God. See, God is holy. And he, he has an altar and that altar I believe is on the inside of us and he don't he wants nothing but purity to come in there and stay in there, Amen. And so it's about cleanse me, O oh Lord, help me, <laughs> revive me, Amen. Put give me back the edge that I have lost through the years and restore the years of my of joy, of my salvation. Restore me in every way. Hallelujah. So the end time church will come back to its strength because God is giving us back that edge by sharpening us, sharpening our minds, our hearts. You know, he's going back, fixing things that's broken on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. So that we can do exploits in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Get the edge back. And this is a part of the refining process, you know. In other words, being in the refiner's fire. Oh, I'm there again. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's like this. Amos 9.13 is wonderful. But you got to give up something to get something. Amen? Amen. We're diamonds in the rough. But we need the word to sharpen us again. Revive us again. And this is where we are. Amen. Hallelujah! You can't go into a new season, you know, just like you left the old season. Amen. A new cycle has begun. And God's doing a new thing on the inside of us. You don't want to try to drag what was in the, because the, the old, what you had in the old season wasn't even working. I don't even want it to follow me. I want everything brand new. I want to turn over a new leaf. Amen. It's like devil don't even try to trail me and make that stuff follow me into this new cycle, this new season because I don't even want it to follow me. Now if you think you did nothing wrong then you probably want you want to hold on to that which is old. But me myself, I did a lot of good for God, but I want I want I that's over. I want the new. I want what God has for me. Amen. I did a lot of mess up. But I want God to pour it in. New wine. And see, this is why you cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. It will burst. It will break. Amen. So you have to leave the old. Repent. And allow God to pour in the new. Pour in the new wine. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So we have to find what we've lost. And move into... Kingdom advancement. And this is what God wants. He wants us to advance the kingdom. Not so much advance in the kingdom, but advance the kingdom. Amen. And this is why the devil is so hell-bent on trying to manipulate our minds, get offended, use people that don't know nothing to, to try to mess us up. You know, we need to allow God to come in with his power and his majesty and put it on the inside of us, his grace, and help us to move ahead. Amen. Like pouring new wine into new wineskins. Amen. See, when you have a new heart and a new attitude, that's new wine skin. Amen. And then God can pour in like an empty vessel that's ready to be poured in and He'll keep pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring, pouring in. Amen. And this is what we want. We want God to pour into us, revive us again. Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, some of us have lost our effectiveness. Amen. For the kingdom, for kingdom advancement. See, this is what Amos 9.13 is all about. It's not so much just for us to get blessed, but this is for the kingdom advancement. Amen? Because I think he said he'll, God would, what's those three things he said that he would do? All that, um, all that we invest, he would increase all that we invest. And it was one other one about the kingdom. I thought it was about the kingdom. Let me see. I got my book right here. Yeah, yeah, but this is, it was the three things that he talked about. Accelerate time to accomplish his kingdom purpose. Because this is about kingdom purpose. See, it's not so much about God doing something for us. But kingdom advancement is what God wants. And this is part of why he's doing Amos 9.13. Amen? That God will accelerate time to accomplish his kingdom purpose. And you know why, God? Now, this is what that's saying to me. A lot of us have sat down and done nothing for a long, long time. Or we haven't met the mark. We haven't operated to the fullest where God put us in the kingdom, where he placed us and time passed on. And so he's accelerating time for kingdom purposes. Kingdom advancement. We all got a job to do. It's not just for us to get blessed. We got stuff to do for God. Amen. Hallelujah. But being sharpened. How can I? Getting that edge back. For the gospel. That's part of what God is doing. Accelerating time for kingdom advancement. And accelerating time for us. See if we're called. Which we are to participate in this end time move of God, of course we're going to get blessed in the process. Amen. Because we're in the process of advancement, acceleration. So anything that we need, like redeeming time, God's going to give that back to us. Amen. So naturally we're going to be blessed in this process. But it's not just, I'm trying to say it's not just for us. Not just for us. This is about kingdom advancement. It's about the kingdom. Amen. So I just wrote down some things to support what I was saying about we need to be sharpened. Amen. Well, we talked about losing. We've lost some of our, we've lost our effectiveness and merely going through motions from day to day. Your prayer closet is no longer compelling. In other words, I don't want to go in there today. I got stuff to do. Or I prayed this morning. God know my heart. Amen. It becomes a chore to worship and praise. Reading the word has become cumbersome. You shut the book because you don't. I know that scripture already. I, or I, I I I said that yesterday to my neighbor. To my neighbor. <laughs> God know what I did. Amen. He, he know my heart. That's a good one. That's what all the religious say. God know my heart. Or I read my Bible today. But how long were you in it? Like for a minute? Amen. Another way you know you need to be sharpened. Is you're not so much in love with your family, your fi- fellow parishioner, Amen, anymore. In other words, do you still love your neighbor as yourself? Never satisfied, being angry, being disappointed, being up, up, upset. Amen. Starting to ask God, when is it my turn? Have you forgotten me, God? Amen. Mm-hmm. You simply feel like you've missed out completely or you messed up too bad. And you want to quit. Or you can't prosper like you want to. And so you get jealous of those that do. See, all of these things that go on on the inside of us, is just points to we need that edge again. Amen. Where we rejoice when other people are blessed because we know our turn is coming. Amen. And if we can in any way help that process in somebody else, you want to do it. Amen. Because you know your turn is next. Amen. So we need to stop merely just going through the motions and continue hitting the bark of a tree with a blunt instrument. It's like going out chopping a tree with a, with a stick instead of a blade, an axe. Amen. And we know that that's frivolous work. So we stop and we need to say, okay, God, what's wrong? I'm hitting at this thing with a blunt end of the stick and nothing's happening. It's all frugal work. Let's go to 2 Kings. 2 Kings 6. There is an example about that Acts. 2 Kings 6, verse 6, I think. Well, 2 Kings 6, let's go to 1. Hallelujah. 2 Kings 6, 1, it says, And the son of the prophet said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there. And let us make there a place where we can dwell. In other words, this place has gotten too small for us. Can we make a bigger place to dwell? Verse 3, then one of them said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, okay, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees because they were going to build a bigger dwelling place. But one, but as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. In other words, the head of the axe flew off and, and went over into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master. For it was borrowed. In other words, I borrowed this axe. You know, now I'm in trouble. So the man, verse 6, so the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick, man of God, and threw it in there, in the water. And he made the iron float. So the iron head of the axe became buoyant. Therefore, he said, pick it up yourself. So he reached down and picked it up and took it. Amen. And then they went on to to do other things. Amen. But this is so profound because the question when we um, get a read on things or when your spirit pick up on things is, when the prophet asked the man, where did it sink? Or in other words, where did it fall? Where did it fall? And and he said, Okay, but what he was saying, you'll find it where you lost it. That's what happened. See, the man of God, because he was anointed, cut a stick from a tree, threw it in, and it dislodged the head and it became buoyant and floated up. Are y'all here today? So this thing that we need to understand is, where did it fall? This is what he asked him. Where did it fall? So in other words, where did you, and in another translation it said, where did you lose it? So the connotation is, you'll find it where you lost it. So where did you lose your edge, the edge, that axe (laughs) edge? Where did you lose it? Because when God was ministering this to me about losing the edge, I thought about that axe. That edge of the axe that was sharp, you know, needed to be sharpened and it flew off. So it's like, where did you lose it? The man of God said, you'll find it where you lost it. So when you lost your edge for God, where you stop ministering so much, you start... (sighs) <sighs> not being involved so much spiritually. On the you were there in the motion, in the natural. Amen. Doing, doing, doing. <laughs> but it wasn't from your heart. Because your heart was far from it. Come on now. See, they they know I'm, I got something. I'm on to something. Hey, if I've been there, you've been there. Amen. Where you lost your edge. But this is what the Lord is saying, a profound truth. You'll find it where you lost it. Amen. Amen. In other words, it's like this. You've lost your effectiveness. You've lost that kingdom advancement. Amen. You've lost that hunger and thirst for God. But you're still hitting the bark with no axe head on it. Being frivolous in what you're doing. Well, I, I, I was there, and I, I came to the conference. Did you get anything out of it? Because it was the best one yet. <laughs> we say that every year. You're supposed to feel that every year. And so God is saying in this hour, and this is something between you and God to think about so you can come out. You'll find it where you lost it. Because it ain't there. That zeal. That zest. That zest. Where you allow the devil, because the devil gon' going to screw with you any kind of way. Can I say that? Don't mess with you. And so you have to have that thing on the inside of you that put that wall up and say, no, you're not doing that to me. You're not stealing the word from me. You're not stealing the blessing from me. No, you're not doing that. You know, you're not doing that. I know what God is going to do for me. He's already told me. I've taken a stand. I believe in God. And that's that. And when the, when the, the blessing come, I'm going to be happy and proud to wear it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But somehow we've lost that. And we've just started going from day to day. Doing what we're used to doing. Because we've lost that edge. Yeah. And we're like, when that head flew off of the ax... We were still chopping with nothing on the end, chopping a stick again. And that's frivolous work. And that's what we've been into, frivolous work. Are y'all here today? Hallelujah. But you have to allow God to continue to work, be refreshed, be revived again. Allow God to, just like the writer that was in Psalm 119, this is ultimately, he was saying, revive me again. Amen. He wasn't trying to say, well, I didn't do that. It wasn't that bad. It was bad. Amen. Amen. But thank God, when you lose your effectiveness, it's not permanent. Amen. Amen. But we got to stop operating out of our flesh. And see, that's what we've been doing, operating out of the flesh. And we need to click over into the spirit realm and take spiritual inventory. Are y'all here? And ask yourself. What was I doing when I noticed that something was missing in my life? What was I doing? Are y'all here? What was I doing when I, I I? this is the thing. What was I doing when I realized my edge was gone and I just started mimicking in the natural what I've been doing for years? What was I doing? In other words, who was I talking to? Yes. Who was I associating with that changed my attitude? You know, what had I gotten involved in? See, this is what this is called spiritual inventory. What did I get involved in where I stopped ministering to others? Stopped thinking about souls. Stopped trying to do well for others. Bless others. And felt like I'm going to do something for myself. Amen. Amen. What was I doing? Who was I talking to? Where was I going? Are y'all here? Spiritual inventory. See? Amen. And see that's what that axe flying off the axe handle. That's what that means. It was right there where it fell in the water. And he found it where it flew off. He found it where he lost it. You can find your spiritual Enthusiasm, where you lost it, God will give that back to you and accelerate time for you to get it back. Amos nine thirteen. Thank God. Amen. But you got to leave these conversations alone. Certain people alone don't. You know, you got to not give in to witchcraft because that's all this is. This really is. Manipulation is witchcraft. And you can't give in to it. You have to understand that it's about you and God and what he's doing in your life. And people don't have to like it. We're not asking anybody's permission. Can God bless me? Amen. God does what he wants to do. He does things after the counsel of his own will, not the will of man. Thank God. And even thank God for us too. Because we get things all confused. Amen. Were your habits hindering your productivity when you lost your edge? Amen. When you noticed something was missing from your life. What kind of entertainment were you allowing yourself? What show were you looking at? Were you looking at Project Runway? Or were you looking at? black ink crew. (laughs) Now that's enough to depress anybody. See all of these things matter because they jump you at one time and then you're in a tailspin and you don't know what happened. Amen. Have you been talking to people of faith or have you been talking to people that's trying to help the devil steal your blessing? Because they mad at God. You can't talk, let everybody speak into your spirit. Amen. So you have to stop wasting any more time and move forward. Are you listening to the devil where you messed up one time too many? And God can't help you. Do you listen to that or do you tell the devil to shut up? I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. And I'm going to put that down and pick up the spirit and be blessed. Run to the Lord and cry out for his help. Amen. So that you can redeem the time. Go back to the last place where you were blessed. Hallelujah. Spiritual inventory. Hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians 5. I hope you wrote that down. Spiritual inventory. Got to look at all these things. In other words, you got to start caring about you. Not just what you get in your hands to spend, and not just carnal things, but you have to care about your soul. amen. you have to care about what God thinks about you you have to care have what am I doing for my fellow man? have you shut down from man i ain't going to help nobody I'm not going to do anything for anybody that's the devil oh, man ephesians five fourteen 13 says for you brethren have been called to liberty only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another and when you stop serving one another not just people you like but anybody if they're a child of God you need to treat them better than you treat the world. Amen. Verse 14 says, "For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself." Amen. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And that's why you need to walk in the Spirit. And that's what t- talks about in the very next chapter a very next verse in 16 it says then i say walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh walk in the spirit so in other words getting back your edge means that you need to walk in the spirit because you lost your edge because of fleshly things are y'all here today hallelujah amen Where does it say arise, O sleeping church? Ephesians fourteen. Okay, it says for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh-uh, that don't say that. Oh, it's uh huh. oh, you know what? I'm in mean? Galatians. Okay, so I haven't been reading nothing that y'all saying. Uh oh. Wait a minute. I. Wa- that's one of my scriptures, so we'll read that next. I already read it. Okay, sorry, but I turned to Galatians instead. Of, somebody should have told me. No wonder Sheree got up and left. She ain't even on the right page. Okay, Ephesians five, and then we will go to Galatians five sixteen. Galatians five sixteen. Okay, sorry about that. Nobody told me. Okay. 14 says therefore he says awake or sleep in church now this it says arise from the dead the Christ and Christ will give you light amen so this is what you want to get back in the light of things amen because you've been asleep or in, a, in carnality in darkness it says in 15 see that you walk circumspectly Not as fools, but as wise. In other words, this is a caution. Amen. And and don't lose opportunity, if I can say that. Amen. Don't waste opportunity. That's what I want to say. Don't waste opportunity. Amen. Verse 17, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. Hallelujah. And do not be drunk with wine. You already know that scripture. Now let's go to Galatians. And then maybe it will make a little sense to me. Galatians 5. Sorry about that. But it was good. Y'all know it was. I was going on and on. <laughs> oh, man. Now can I find it? Galatians five, okay, five thirteen I think, or five fourteen. Okay, in thirteen it says, for you, for you brethren have been called to liberty, not only to not, do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Amen. It says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, part of losing your edge is you quit loving your neighbor as yourself. Start to criticize. Amen. And they might criticize you, but you don't criticize back. Amen. And so that's part of losing your edge is you don't want to walk because you just want to murder somebody because they've overstepped their bounds on you. Amen. But two wrongs don't make a right. It's best to I believe in going to that person getting it cleared up. But everybody don't do that. But I thought that's what the Bible said to do. Amen. Okay. So in 15 it says, but if you bite and devour one another, and this is what happens in the church, beware at least you be consumed by one another. And so to stop all of that, it says in 16, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you won't lose your edge. That's what it says. <laughs> Amen. If God says to Jesus told the disciples, go to the other side, don't let a storm disappoint you or hold you back or discourage you. Amen. You'll get to the other side if Jesus said you would. If God says Amos 9.13 is your season of blessing, then it is. You'll be blessed. But remember that God's word is final. And nobody can overrule his judgment, thank God. Once God said it, it's written in stone. No person can overrule God's judgment. And this is why he don't check in on man before he bless us. Amen. And you shouldn't either. Amen. When God decides to apply favor to your life, no devil can stop him. God God won't check in with somebody else before he blesses you. Thank God. He'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. So have no confidence in our flesh. But have your confidence in God, cuz he's the only one that can restore. Amen. Revive you. Bring your edge, get your edge back. He is the only one that can do that. Amen. Philippians 3:3, if you write that down says have no confidence in the flesh. But appropriate the word of God in your life, and fall in love with God again, and fall in love with His promises, and attend to the Word. See, this is the thing. We'll get to the place where we don't even like God's bless. I mean, His promises, because we say, "Well, if He's gonna do it, He would have done it already." See, you can get like that. Amen. And so we can't allow that devil to to get in there, cause that's the devil stealing. It's still a good promise. And and in other words, when God promised you something, it's a sure thing. Amen. Cause when man promised you something and he don't come up with it soon, you ain't getting it. You could just cross that off your list. But when God promises you something, I don't care if it's 50 years, he's, you you will receive it. Amen. And nine times out of ten, that time thing is because we're doing something wrong. He's waiting on us to correct some things. And some things are just on a timetable, but in the interim, we're supposed to correct some things. Are y'all here? Amen. And so we have to attend to the word. Psalm 119. Let's go back there in verse 47. I'm almost done. Let's go back to Psalm 119. verse 47 and it says and i will delight myself in your commandments." see this is what we need to do we need to stop thinking that everything god is telling us to do is going to cost us something it's going to cost you your flesh something we don't need going to cost us our flesh because our flesh is going to tell us don't do it don't forgive don't love don't do this don't do that And God says, but if you do these things, if you forgive, if you walk in love, then you get this, 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 and this. So you got to stop counting the cost. Amen. When somebody needs help, don't count the cost. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see, let's go to 40, did I do 49? Oh, I didn't do 48. It says, my hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember when we first started reading in Psalm 19, this person had lost their edge. They were a wreck. But see, at the end of it, starting in like verse 43, I'll read that. It says, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. He's begging for God to stay with him and not leave him. Amen. Because he doesn't want, he wants this dry period to be over. He doesn't want to be uh, the person that. Uh, it's coming up dry on the inside, spiritually dry. He's done a spiritual evalu- inventory, a spiritual evaluation of himself, not somebody else, but himself. Because we're to govern our own selves. We don't govern other people. We govern our. We're in charge of us. We ain't in charge. Nobody else is in charge of you. You're in charge of yourself. You know, you govern your own self. And when you come up dry. Then you've lost your edge. God says I'll restore that back to you. And so I believe that the, the reader of the psalmist here is saying take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth for I have hope in your ordinances. He's coming back to God. He says so shall I keep your law continually forever and ever. Verse 45 says and I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. See, he wants those precepts now. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. It's like I'll preach to anywhere, in the market, wherever I am, and I don't care who sees me. I will not be ashamed. 47 says, and I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love, and my hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. 49 says, remember the word to your servants upon which I have caused for which you have caused me to hope now see what is this saying there was a promise given to this reader to this writer there was a promise given and he lost hope for it amen let me read it again did y'all miss that 49 it says remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope he's back in hope but he lost it. Now, I kind of had a feeling that's what this was all about. A person that lost hope, quit standing because of what everybody else was doing and saying. And they got involved with wrong conversations, wrong talk. And see, all that stuff is to take from, to steal from you. That's what that stuff is all about. It's all for. And the people that initiated don't want nothing from God because they already feel like failures. And so what they'll do is try to steal from you by engaging you in wrong talk. And see, it, it causes your soul to get dry. Are y'all here today? And this is how it's done. It's, see, the, the, that's what the Bible means when it says the devil is cunning. Because he'll, he'll, he'll ride in on good people's coattails. Amen. That's how it's done. Well, I didn't get a good amen on that, but it's still true. It's true. We don't like to face it, but it's true. You got to watch things. Everything ain't what, that's why I tell people, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you listen to. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, people need to stand up and say some things. Then they call it gossip, but that's okay. <laughs> but some things need to be said. Because, see, this this okey-doke stuff, that, that ain't who I am. You understand what I'm saying? It's not cool. Amen. Because some things need to be stood against. Amen. No matter what it sounds like. But it's just the way it is. Because God wants you to stand up for righteousness. Straighten things out if it's wrong. Don't just go along with stuff and then go tell somebody else, that know what they said? Well, did, you, did you say that to them? No. Well, don't say it to me. Because I don't have time for that. And if you're wrong, then you can get corrected. See, people don't like, if you're wrong about something, you, you just can get corrected. And repent keep moving. Are y'all here today? So it says in 49, remember the word to your servant. See, God had made this servant a promise. And it says, upon which you have caused me to hope. His hope has been returned. And then it says in 50, this is my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me life. See, that word, that promise that God's given you is supposed to stay in hope. It's supposed to keep you in hope. Amen. It don't supposed to lose its flavor. Amen. It says, your word has given me life. Sometimes all you got is that promise to hang on to. That's, that's your lifeline. Amen. Because think about what your life would be like if you didn't have, if God had promised you nothing. You know, you know. I can think of a lot worse things than a promise from God that has not been fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? At least I got one. <laughs> and it says in verse 50, "This is my comfort in my affliction." In other words, when you're going through tr- trials and tribulation, you holding on to the promise. That's the only thing you have. Sometimes it's not a bad thing. The proud have me in great derision. I know. The people that tell you, you don't, God's got better for you, but bring me the better. I've been waiting. Amen. They don't have nothing for you. They just see your faith puts people who are not standing, put them in whatever that is. Conviction. Like Noah's faith. Well, ain't no such thing as rain. You crazy. Why are you doing this? There's no rain. We're in a what is that? Drought. It don't rain in a drought. He's out there building an the ark. <laughs> That's how it is when you take a stand for what God promised you. Amen. <laughs> Same thing. And people get mad at you because they're saying, "It's a drought. What are they talking about? Or God don't do that." Or what's Amos 9:13? That's the Old Testament. That's the first thing. That's the Old Testament. That's what they say. Amen. But the devil is a liar. Amen. It says, the proud have me in great derision. That's what that is. It says, yet I do not turn aside from your law. Hallelujah. I remember your judgments on old of old, O oh Lord, and I have comforted myself. See that's what you have to do. You have to take take yourself back through the promises, take yourself back through the word. You do what you have to do. Amen. You know, I was cleaning the other day and I found some old prophecies I have you no know, I like writing down with my fake shorthand. Couldn't hardly read it this time. But it's been so long ago. But I received it. You know, and and I could say that most of it has come to pass, or either I'm in it now. Look how long that's been—twenty some years—but I'm in it now. You can't let go of a promise from God. You can't let it go. Amen. Because it will come to pass if you don't throw it back and cast it aside. It will come to pass. Proverbs 20—I'm sorry—Proverbs 4:20 says, "Attend to my words." And see, that's what you do when you, um, what have we been talking about? Y'all don't know. Y'all sleep too. <laughs> yeah, but when you um, appropriate the word to your life, at when you've lost your edge, when you appropriate the word, you do Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my word. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let it not depart from your your eyes, keep it in the midst of your heart for their their life. And that's how you keep your life until God comes. Amen. You don't lose your edge. See, but we, we somehow do sometimes, you know. But the good thing is we don't fall. I believe we don't fall far from God. But there are those that fall so far from God, they get into sin and all other kind of bad stuff. And then we have to pray them out because we're a little, doing a little better than they are. But you have to, you know, if a brother falls into a whatever, you got to pray for him and help them. Because they're just a little bit weaker than us, you know. But we, we mess up too. But I'm telling you, uh, when you do Proverbs 4.20, attend to the word. That's appropriating the word in your life. That's, a, that's applying the word. You're, you're allowing that word to heal your body, heal your mind. Amen. We need to learn to be satisfied seeing through the eyes of revelation. Seeing through the eyes of revelation. Revelation is what God has revealed to you on the inside. And that's got to be enough, y'all. Yeah. Amen. Because if, if you don't allow it to be enough, somebody could just come and talk you out of any and everything and steal your blessing. Amen. And so you can't allow that. You know, we have to say, stay solid on the rock of Jesus. Stay solid on the promises. I don't care how old the promise is. It doesn't mean because it's old that it's, it's no good. It don't spoil. It's still good. <laughs> it's been in the spiritual refrigerator. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we need to ask God to open the eyes of our understanding that we may know the hope of God's calling. Ephesians 3. This, You know what? Every time I... This is why I was in Ephesians when I I was in Galatians. But for Ephesians is one of my favorite books. Because when you think of Ephesians, think this. The Ephesians way to victory. Uh, Pastor Barb preached that one time. It's been so many years ago. But I'm telling you, when she preached that, I don't even remember exactly what she was saying. But... When she made that statement, the Ephesians way to victory, I think that was the name of the tape because we were back in the tape days. I never forgot that. That stayed in here, the Ephesians way to victory. And you know what that told me? If ever I feel like I've lost victory, I will go to the book of Ephesians and get back on there. Amen. Get back on the word of that book of Ephesians when it talks about. Have um, having to know um, the hope of God's calling. Like Ephesians 3.16. I think that's where it is. Let's go there right quick. And knowing the, the length and the depth and the height of God's love. You'll know that. You just will mess up. Amen. Ephesians 3.16 it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the inner man. Um, I love through his spirit in the inner man. Through his spirit. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, if it ain't in your heart, that's the problem. You got to keep it and you got to get it in your heart. How do you get it in your heart? By knowing God loves you and accepting that. Accepting that love. And in doing Proverbs 4.20, keeping it before you, not allowing it to leave your presence. You know, keep it in the midst of your heart. See, it gets through your heart through your eyes. And then your heart grabs on to it and holds on to it. Amen. So this is called appropriating the word of God in your life. Amen. It's so good being strengthened by might. And then when you strengthen by might from meditating on that word, you'll take every devil and bite his head off. Nyong. Amen. And say, next. Who want to mess with me? Who want a piece of me? <laughs> Amen. May, and it says here, through the hearts of faith, through, okay, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your heart. That you being rooted and grounded in love. See, love, if you don't have that rooted and grounded in love, if you don't have love in your heart, you won't do none of this stuff right. You have to stay in the flesh. That's the only way you can operate. Because you cannot operate in the spirit. It says um, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the height. What is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now see, that's what the fullness of God is. The fullness of God is knowing and walking in the love of God, the height, the depth, the width of his love. As much of his love that can be compacted on the inside of you is... Is the fullness of God It's him in, in all of his capacity, Him in all of his graciousness, his majesty, his royalty, everything is him packed it inside of you in all of his greatness. That's the fullness of God. and you can get that through meditating on the word. That, I mean, I'm telling you, and see, if you do that, if more people they stay out of the flesh. They stay out of. Now I'm not saying people ain't gonna make you mad. They will. So ain't no sense of me standing here saying that. I'm not gonna say that. But I know one thing: when they do, you don't live there. You don't park there. You don't park there, and you don't get condemned from their words. You say, "I'm I'm doing exploits in the name of Jesus. I'm out praying for folks. They that what they doing? Nothing. Amen. And so you don't let it hinder you. And and sometimes I get mad at myself for letting that thing, but that thing don't hold me long because I don't let it. Because I walk in the Spirit. I walk in love. When you walk in love, that stuff can't stay with you. It can't stick to you. Amen. And so it's like, okay, like, like Tony used to do when he'd get whoopings, he would give my husband another other cheek. He said, this was sore, daddy. Can you want this one over here? Because <laughs> he would get, you know, and he would beat the point. He said, daddy, this was sore. Larry would look at him and say, I ain't going to whoop you no more. Because I guess he said, if you didn't get it then, you ain't going to get it. <laughs> so you ain't even going to get another whooping. And he tell him it's sore, Daddy. Can you whip me over here? So, you know, but you don't give up. You don't quit. You hang in there. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to stop. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.